Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to another Tuesday evening. You know, I'm excited that you're joining us every week and I hope you are as well. Because it's important that we share the word of the Lord and, you know, why don't you invite some friends? Click share and like on this video now so your friends can come and join us and we, we can share in the word together. And why don't you join us on a Sunday at 9.30 at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach. We'd love to see you. We're a friendly church. We preach the word of God. And you know, that's all you need to be looking for if you're looking for a new church home. So come and join us. We'd love to have you. And join me now in the Lord's Prayer. We pray the Lord's Prayer every time we meet because the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. They didn't say teach us how to prophesy or teach us how to heal the sick. They said teach us how to pray. And this was Jesus' response. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You know, in every congregation, there's at least one person who's got a broken heart. There's always one. And one function of the pastor, the shepherd, is to help bind up the brokenhearted. And the theme for our Tuesdays this month has been, is there any good news for those who suffer? And we know that there is. And today's message is titled, The Mystery of Pain and Suffering. The text we're going to concentrate on is Luke 13, 2. I'm going to read from the New King James Version, but if you've got your Bible there, open it up and let's read it together. You can read from whichever version you like. Luke 13, 2 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? It's a good question, isn't it? Do you believe those other people from the Gold Coast suffered because they were worse than the others from the Gold Coast? Or just insert your city there, your town. The scripture we're going to break open and work through is Luke 13, 1 to 5. That passage of scripture is actually titled, Repent or Perish. That's really the decision that we need to make, isn't it? 13, 1 says, There were present. At that season, some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Let me read that bit again. Verse 3, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Let's go on to verse 4. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. He says it again. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. It's a pretty powerful and daunting piece of scripture at the same time, isn't it? Let's pray for our offering. We pray for our offering every time we meet because we believe that the offering needs to be blessed so it can be sent on 
to do its work. So if you've got your seed there and you're ready to sow, hang on to it while we pray together. Details for giving online will be on the bottom of the screen if you need them. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of giving to you for the glory of your name and your cause. The words of Jesus are so true. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We thank you, Lord, for this heavenly blessing. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray this evening. Amen. The details are on the screen if you'd like to sow. You know, some people see no mystery about the problem of suffering. They believe that suffering is the result of the inevitable law that every cause produces an effect. They would reason that suffering is due to some great sin that the sufferer has committed. Now, some of us may have been there. We may have believed that in the past. Some of us may still believe that now, but let's keep going. Christians have a problem with suffering that non-Christians don't have. Christianity proclaims that God is love and that he loves the whole world. If this is true, why does he permit undeserved suffering? We've all been asked that question, I'm sure. If God loves and if he has all power, then he should protect us from pain and suffering. That's what some of us believe. Some have sought to solve this problem by saying that those who suffer have been guilty of some sin and have brought God's judgment upon themselves. Now, sometimes, rarely, but sometimes that is true. But it's a simplistic solution to have to a complex question, isn't it? And a lot of the time it's unsatisfactory and it's incorrect. Between our entrance into life and our exit from life, we experience many kinds of pain, many kinds of suffering, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, visible, invisible, recognised and unrecognised. And many suffer because of natural disasters. Many suffer because of historical events and decisions that were made in the past. Many suffer because of their decisions and choices or decisions and choices made by their ancestors. We must also recognise that a lot of suffering comes to us because of our personal choices and the choices of others. Sometimes we just make dumb choices and there's a consequence for that. But what does Jesus teach about pain and suffering? What does Jesus have any good news? Does he have any good news for us? Does he have any good news for those who suffer? Let's look at some of them. The first thing this evening is Jesus rejected the thought that all suffering comes from God. He dispelled that myth. Jesus lived in a time when people were making false diagnoses of the problems that they confronted in daily life. And, you know, that still happens today. Because they believed that sin resulted in suffering and that God was a just God and would punish the wicked. They reasoned that all suffering was due to God's anger. But often, even in our days now, it's 2023, we don't see the wicked punished, do we? We see them ruling over everyone. The end result of this incorrect way of thinking served to deprive the believers of the comfort and encouragement they needed in times of weakness and in, in times of pain and in times of insecurity. John 11 records Jesus wept in sorrow when Mary and Martha were grief-stricken over the death of their brother Lazarus. 
We must have faith to believe that the Lord weeps with us when we experience pain and sorrow. Yeah, he feels our pain when we feel pain. And he rejoices with us when we rejoice. The fact that our Lord ministered to those whose bodies were racked with pain and whose minds were tormented with insecurity should encourage us to believe that he comes to us as well in the midst of our sufferings. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed in regard to the suffering of God's people that God responded to their plight with empathy and with compassion in Isaiah 63.9. Let's have a look at it together. It says, In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them, and he bore them and carried them all the days of old. We must reject every proposed solution to the mystery of suffering that deprives us of a benevolent presence of, and grace of our loving God. Anything that takes that away from us, we must ignore it. Our second thing this evening is Jesus rejected the doctrine that all suffering was due to sin committed by the sufferer. Jesus lived in a time when people had a simple solution to the problem of suffering. They believed that people suffered either because of their sin or the sin of their parents. They were concerned about placing the responsibility of the suffering on somebody or something. But Jesus categorically denied that suffering can be traced directly to some sin in the life of the sufferer. He denied that. If we believe that, we need to get that out of our heads because Jesus denied it. Many of us have responded to unexpected and undeserved pain with the question, what have I done to deserve this? Often when we witness the undeserved suffering of others, we ask the question, what does a good person have to suffer or why does a good person have to suffer while others are spared? And to explain the problem of pain as always being a result of some sin that has been committed by the, the sufferer is inaccurate. And, and it contradicts the teachings of Jesus Christ. In Luke 13, 1-5, Jesus called attention to the fact that some suffering is due to the cruelty of others. While some suffering may be due to faulty construction of a tower that collapsed. Remember the tower that was built? It collapsed, people died. That wasn't their fault. That was faulty construction. Our third thing this evening is Jesus would have us reject the idea that pain is an illusion. We've probably all heard it. Just ignore it. It's not, it's not real. You know, some people believe there's no such thing as pain, that it's a mere illusion, something in our minds. They suggest that we use our minds to eliminate the negative thoughts that produce that pain. It's true that many of our problems are in our minds. I accept that. Psychosomatic problems affect many people. Much suffering could be eliminated if we would think correctly, though, and eliminate the negative and destructive ways of thinking and instead fill our minds and hearts with the positive and affirmative thoughts that come from God. And to make pain an illusion is a form of escape from reality that will lead ultimately to disappointment and to tragedy. Many have suffered indescribable pain and anguish because they accept this inadequate and inaccurate solution 
to the mystery of pain and suffering. You know, sometimes our bodies hurt because they're giving us a warning that there may be something more that needs to be done. The fourth thing this evening is Jesus would have us reject the idea that present suffering is due to evil done in a previous existence. We don't believe in reincarnation as the body of Christ. In many parts of the world, though, people believe that they have no personal responsibility for the suffering they endure in this life. These are often the same countries and the same religion who have very little value for life. They believe that pain in the present is due to a life of cruelty and evil and selfishness in a previous existence. This belief leads to an attitude of fatalism and helplessness. You know, it's not my fault. It was something done in the past. Those who agree with this philosophy know nothing about the joy that can be experienced as a result of God's forgiveness. They don't know God. So as we finish up this evening, let me leave you with this. There is no one simple solution that is always satisfactory regarding the mystery of pain and suffering. But we can be assured that our Father God will not permit any pain to enter our lives that he will not help us bear. Our Father God is no stranger to suffering. His heart has hurt with the hurt of all humankind. Our Saviour is no stranger to suffering. He suffered the pain of misunderstanding and loneliness and criticism and rejection and humiliation and crucifixion. Because our Saviour has experienced pain and suffering, he is able to empathise with us in whatever life may bring us. How can we cope with the mystery of pain and undeserved suffering, I hear you ask? How can we cope with it? We must recognise and grasp the truth that God loves us and that he cares and wants to help us. Let us remember that our God himself suffered. Let us respond to his precious promise to be with us until the end of the age. We have to have a response. Let us make the best of each day as we live one day at a time for our Lord. And let me encourage you, as I do every single time we meet, to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can just get from going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because our God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him and he can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you allow him to. And you're important to God, you know that. You probably wouldn't be watching or listening to this if that wasn't the case. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Now this year, we believe, is a year of divine restoration and divine recovery. What we see happening in the world, where it looks like things are getting worse, we're not part of the world. We're part of the body of Christ. We're the church. So for us, for the church, it's a year of divine recovery and divine restoration. And until next time, stay in the blessings.